Weekly Driver podcast gets support from americantrucks.com. Visit www.americantrucks.com. Welcome back to the Weekly Driver podcast. My name is James Rea, editor and publisher of theweeklydriver.com, automotive columnist for Bay Area News Group. Co-host, the man with the knowledge, is Bruce Aldrich, as always. And today, like we did last episode, we're going to cover a few different bases. Um, There's just an awful lot going on in the automotive world. And so we're going to cover three topics today. Recently, I had a chance to drive a Ford F-150 pickup truck, the largest selling vehicle in the country. And we're going to talk about a story that we both read recently about um, some issues that make uh, cars less safe on the road. And we're also going to talk, uh, continue our topic from recently about a woman in Sacramento, Northern California in Sacramento who leased the first uh, Honda uh, Clarity fuel cell car. So welcome, Bruce. Here we are again. I'm, I'm counting on your knowledge once again. Okay, James, we'll see. I, I don't know the questions. What do you got? Oh, we got okay, so this past week, we both had an opportunity to, to look at and drive um, 2018 Ford F-150 Lariat. That thing was a beauty. It's a beauty. Red paint, like a fire engine red, uh, chrome all over it. Yes. The looks, it was easy on the eyes. Easy on the eyes. So I'll start with the premise of that I'm not really a pickup truck guy, never have been, but in recent years I've driven a few of them and, and they've won me over. I mean, I, I, I had some friends in the car. We drove on the highway up into the foothills in Northern California and they were calling it a, an apartment on wheels, how luxurious it was. and. You know how smooth it was on the open road and the space. We we went to a running event and they were able to change their clothes and they were, you know, they were saying, "Boy, let's this is this is really good." They're not pickup truck guys either, but just in the couple hours we we had together at this running event, it won them over too. So, they're okay. It's expensive, sixty three thousand dollars. The gas mileage isn't so good, but you kind of know that going in if you're going to buy a pickup truck, you're going to get it for its versatility. Sure, you can't park them either. They're no fun in the, in, <laughs> no. the, in the parking lot at the Safeway store, no. that's for sure. So what were your thoughts on, on the, what are your thoughts on that car? I'm coming that around truck. to pickup trucks, actually. Right. I, uh, I I do really see them. They've made them so nice. They, mm-hmm. They're, I won't quite say luxury, but they're pretty luxurious inside. Yes. And the utility on them is just unbelievable. You can throw stuff in the back. You get these, uh, these big crew cabs, mm-hmm. and your backseat passengers... They want to get in the back, you know. Or normal most sedans, you don't want to get in the no, back. These no, you call shotgun in the old days, oh, right? Man. <laughs> yeah. These things, you know, it's you get like limousine length yeah. legroom in the back, you and were, you can tow stuff. You can put heavy stuff in the back. They're easy to get in and out of. When you're sitting in them, you're sitting high. You can see. You feel like you're, you know, the commander of the mm-hmm. of the road. So yes. I, I kind of like trucks now. Now, you looked at the truck earlier today, and you were looking at the, the, the functionality uh, and the different equipment, the, even the tailgate, an electronic tailgate. It had all kinds of things, that uh, tie-downs and this and that, and it had a, a superior liner on the, on the bed of the pickup truck. So what did, what did you notice about, I noticed even the tailgate comes down like an electronic yeah, it's, it's slow. It's slow. A slow you, don't, you don't have to worry about dropping the tailgate and hurting somebody. It, it goes down slowly on its own. Just little things like that. They've just improved everything on them. Yeah, I mean, looking at the car, they, they, one of the things that I noticed is that uh, I mentioned earlier that 
you know, other than this Bentley that we that we had and reviewed quite a while ago, this is the car that I think has the biggest difference between the MSRP and the actual price. This is $47,300, but the car as driven was $63,435. So basically you're talking a little over $17,000 worth of options on a on a $47,000 pickup truck plus you know all these different things so well this one had yeah the trailer towing package the chrome uh, appearance group package it, it had it all right yeah it had it had, it had everything uh what's the model tell them what it's, are, what it's are we the talking uh, it's the uh, 2018 Ford F150 power stroke turbo diesel lariat there you go. So you've got this, just this powerful, powerful car. And, and at a stop sign or a stoplight, you know, it goes down to the, it, the engine shuts down. And, and uh, it's, it, I've never driven. Really? For, yeah. Even, you're sure on the, on the diesel it even shuts yep. down? Yep, it did. Wow. And I, oh, okay. I, I surprised me. First of all, I've never driven a diesel pickup truck before, I don't believe. And turbocharged diesel uh, and the fuel efficiency, you know, they're helping you out on, on, on some level. It doesn't get... You know, great mileage. It's it's uh, you know, it's going to cost you a lot if you drove the car to L.A. and back. It would. Uh, it's uh, you know, three point liter V six turbo diesel with a uh, ten speed automatic electric transmission. So that's it's 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 quite a beast. Um, you know, yeah, I, I, I noticed you know driving it, it a towing capacity uh, eleven thousand pounds. I mean, you could you could tow anything, right? Yeah, well, that's a pretty good uh, trailer, yeah. yeah good so, boat. Um, so thinking about it, when, when you look at the end of the year list and Ford, the, the 150 and the 250 and the 350 combined, I think they sell just under a million vehicles a year. I mean, maybe now it's just over a million. Still the number one seller, right? It's still a number one seller for almost 50 years. Um, if you can condense it, or if you can, why do you think that... Those three trucks combined sell is the biggest sellers. It's just the complete versatility. I mean, we live in Northern California. The people in Texas, Oklahoma, it must be. You must see out of twenty cars on the road in Texas, you must see ten or eleven Ford F one fifty pickup trucks. I imagine it's probably the dealer network. I can't imagine that Ford is you know superior. Right. I, they're probably just more available, but I don't know. Yeah, but uh, so has it won you over? So if you uh, say, hey, gee, uh, if you told your wife, uh, hey, let's go, let's go spend sixty three thousand dollars on a vehicle, would you? Th- has it won you over? I'm them? not, I'm not quite there yet. But, uh, <laughs> yeah. I, I do see people who, I understand people who do that though. Right. It makes more sense if you have a ski boat or you're towing a, a, a motorhome, or then it makes perfect sense, right? Yeah, you could have one car if you wanted to. That's right. You could still go to the uh, the theater in it, or you can. Haul your boat, or you can put rock in the back and go right. to the dump with it. Right. If you had that outdoor lifestyle, it would be it would be really good. Okay. The other thing I we wanted one other thing we wanted to discuss today is that I read a story recently, and you did as well about um, we, all this technology in cars. We were I was under the assumption that cars are uh, more safe than ever, and maybe they are. Um, but we also know that the technology there's a term technology overload that. Maybe there's too many things in cars, and some man- the manufacturers are trying to outdo each other to have more what we used to call bells and whistles. So the story that I read and that you read is that there are uh, several factors uh, that are uh, new technology, if you will, but that make cars less safe. 
So why don't you go over a couple of those and you some, give, give some thoughts on what we're talking about? Well, there's, there must be something at work, right? Because the, the National Crash Institute that, that makes these federal findings, yes. the trend is slightly sort of, basically it's flat, maybe slightly down mm -hmm. per capita, mm -hmm. you know, for a number of cars and miles driven. Yes. It's just not going down, but you've got all these great safety devices. Yes. So what's happening? What's so, happening? So there must be something that's making things worse. Right. So what are they? You, know, you know what they are, James? Well, I, I don't I, we, have, we do happen to have this magic list, but what I was going to add to first is that when you were saying, just the way that you said that, I'm wondering if part of that reason to have that, before we go to the factors, maybe part of that reason is that older drivers, since we're both older now, haven't come around to understanding or nor do they ever want to come around to understanding the things in the vehicle that could make them safe. Um, I think most of that stuff's passive, though. Okay. That makes them safer. Uh, Anti-lock brakes, you don't have to know anything about them. No, that's, that's a good to point. To gain from them, the stability control, you don't have to know anything about that to help assist you if you, you know, you're beyond, it's beyond your own limits. Yes, that's, those are good points. I, I guess I should have explained it more. If, if you have, uh, if you're within 100 feet of somebody and you're parking in a parking space and the bells go off that you're too close, I've heard people say, I, I, I know, I trust my eyes. I know that there's a car 25 feet away from me, or I know that if I back up, but when a bell and whistle goes off, that maybe it causes an accident because there's, you, you say, oh my gosh, what's that? And, and then it, it causes an accident or, or an older driver said, I don't need any of that. I don't want any of it. And that car's got 65 things on it. I'm just not going to buy it because it's got all that stuff on it. So do you think that that's a factor of why that line is flat? Or, you know, you make a good point too. If some of these things are passive, it, it is what it is. Is this the weekly psychology? <laughs> no, I'm just we're, we're tapping human, human interest here. Tapping, and, tapping and your behavior? knowledge. Tapping your knowledge. Oh, I would think that uh, what it is, it's a, it's a familiarity with with the the vehicle you're driving. Yep. And uh, how comfortable you are in any situation. Right. If you've got old brakes. And in an old car, mm -hmm. you're gonna, whatever your speed is, you might feel comfortable four lengths back. Gotcha. All of a sudden, you're sitting in a fancy, in a Corvette that stops mm -hmm. very well. Mm -hmm. Guess what? You're not going to be four car lengths back. You're mm -hmm. going to have your same comfort level as you did in the older car. But now, instead, you're going to be, you know, whatever that is, two lengths back from the car in front of you. Right. So you're going to maintain the same safety even though you're in a safer car, right? Right, right. That's what it is. If you're in a hurry and you're got to get somewhere, right? You're pushing the limits, and you're whatever. If you think you, you know, you can be safely back two two car lengths in the vet, mm -hmm. you get in the old car. The same is now you're back four or five lengths. Right. So no matter what they do, mm -hmm. you're you're going to be the same amount of safety. Right. And and and, and I guess. Part of it is the personality of the driver too. If you're kind of a person who's a little bit of a nervous driver going in, doesn't matter what kind of car you drive anyway, right? You might be the same kind of, it's not gonna make you a less nervous driver because you have more technology. There are people who are in that spectrum of, whatever car I drive, I'm gonna be safe, I'm a, I'm a good driver, or at least you think you are. As a person, a person who gets into any kind of car is intimidated right away. Well, if you're thinking, I, I don't know, I'm thinking if you're distracted or you want to get that text out, mm -hmm. 
you, you might think to yourself, well, you know, I got the lane assist or right. I got the, uh, the, the automatic emergency braking. I don't mm -hmm. have to pay quite as much attention. Mm -hmm. There again. So you're, you're letting the technology take over. That's true. That's true. So anyway, we have, uh, to get to the point, I, I, I went on off the tangent a little bit. We have these things that um, we have this list in front of us, and some of them surprise me. Why don't you go through it a little bit, Bruce, and, and talk about some of these things that, that are making cars less safe. Well, one of the things they said was horsepower. The horsepower mm -hmm. sort of races on again. Mm -hmm. So there's a lot cars, a lot more cars that have a lot of power, so you can get yourself into trouble easier. I see. So I, I, that's got, there's something to it there. But mm -hmm. then at the same time, there's extra weight. The, the cars have grown. A typical sedan has put on 1,000 pounds over the last 15 years. Yeah, eating a lot of desserts. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, so weight is, uh, you know, that kind of cuts the whatever you gain in horsepower, the weight's sort of taken away from it. Yes. Um, but they, but they, you know, weight is a good thing if you're in a crash yes. uh, against a smaller weighted mm -hmm. thing. But if, if the big truck hits you, you're still losing. Mm -hmm. uh, one of the things that the guy mentioned was styling. I, I don't see that at all. You yeah. know, a big bulb is this or that oh. that's, that's blocking your uh, peripheral view mm -hmm. or... You know, uh, I don't. I don't think that. Back in the '60s, they had big wings yeah, and small, tiny windows in the back. So I don't buy the styling at all. I think cars, but for the most part, you can see out of better these days. Yeah, we I remember we had. Uh, we've been to enough car shows and seen a lot of vintage cars that. What comes to mind are old Buicks with these big, um, where where more was better, and and a lot of chrome and stuff sticking out all over the place. Oh yeah. So. That doesn't hold up. No, I, I don't think so. And also window tinting. Mm -hmm. I mean, obviously that's sort of a new thing in the yeah. last 25 years or so. Mm -hmm. But uh, there again, I don't see it. Uh, I wouldn't want tinting. I mean, uh, it does reduce your visibility at night. Yeah. I mean, if there's a bicycle off your, you know, right rear fender and you're mm -hmm. coming and you might just make a right turn in front of them because you don't see them. But right. uh, that's not the basis of all the crashes anyway, I don't think. That's not a big part. Now, putting you on the spot a little bit, in your former occupation, and when I was a younger guy, I remember hearing that tinted windows were illegal, that you couldn't have tinted windows on the front side or this side. Is that, did they change that a long time well, ago? Well, I don't know. As far as I know, it's still the same. You can't do the windshield. You can't do the two side windows. Gotcha. But you can still do the, the back windows the back and, window. and the back. In the back, okay. I didn't know exactly how that rule yeah. played out, but um, they let the manufacturers do it. Mm -hmm. the, even the side windows are lightly tinted in the, the manufacturers. Okay, but that, that's their thing. Gotcha. Okay. What else? Well, let's see. That's about all I had. I, I don't see how they're. It's funny how the the death um, statistics are not going down, even though we got airbags, got better brakes, better everything. Mm -hmm. But that, that, those calculations, is it, is it based on like deaths per 100 cars or deaths per 1,000 cars? Or is some of the factoring that maybe they're not going down because there are more cars, so it's a, more of a ratio? Or am I, no, it's oh, figured, it's, so it's, it's all the same. You, can, all, all you same. can compare apples to apples. It's uh, number of miles driven Okay, is in the calculation. The Weekly Driver podcast gets support from AmericanMuscle.com your late model Mustang and F-150 authority, bringing you the hottest products and top-notch customer service for over a decade. No one makes it easier to modify your ride. 
Visit AmericanMuscle.com today. Topic number three is something that um, keeps getting more and more. The more I look into it, the more I'm interested in it, and the more um, you know, we'll see if it's a if it's a factor in, in the next come four or five years. And that is a recent experience I had. You know, driving a, a hydrogen hydrogen car, the um, Honda Clarity fuel cell car, and we now, of course, know that there's also the Toyota Mirage, and uh, Hyundai now has a new hydrogen car, and Mercedes-Benz has made some advancements in there, so, uh, and maybe others, maybe when we go to the LA car show in, in November, maybe we'll be seeing more manufacturers uh, talking about their alternative fuel hydrogen car. So, I did a recent interview with a woman who we've talked to before, and I talked to her again for another publication. Her name is Chris White, and uh, she she works at the California Fuel uh, Partnership, uh, Fuel Cell Partnership in West Sacramento. She lives in West Sacramento, and um, the only hydrogen station that we have in this area is in West Sacramento. So her her hub of what she does with the car, I might I might have thought immediately that it serves her purposes perfectly because she lives in this and works and can get her fuel in a small area. Was there three here or just one? One, just one, one just one. One, one charge. Okay. But as I come to find out, she has a son who lives in Truckee, and you're familiar with Truckee, and there's a right. hydrogen refueling station there. One of her colleagues in a satellite office lives in San Ramon, and there's one there as well down in the East Bay area. So her, her, her area of taking her car at least includes the Bay Area and includes Truckee, Mountain Roads to Truckee and the, the Sacramento region. So, um, in her world, she's set. She in her world, she's set. She has driven it to Los Angeles a few times, so she's been able to stop from Sacramento. The next one is it is it the Harris Ranch, um, which is Coalinga, and then the next one would be toward uh, Santa Barbara area. You ran out of fuel driving that, didn't I mean, you? On, on the way back, I did. I did. I had to get flat towed, but that was a whole other thing. And that one was on me, not so much the car, but. Um, Chris is a really interesting woman, um, and she she works. Um, she's a, the communications director for the Fuel Cell Partnership. But, but I, I was interested in what she had to say because she was the first person in Northern California uh, to lease the Fuel Cell Clarity. And now we've we've seen a few around town in recent weeks, and um, you, you can only buy it in one place in this area. It's at the Roseville Auto Mall, where you can also buy the Mirai, the Mirai I believe is how you pronounce it. And Mirai, I think. Mirai, yeah. and soon to be the, the, the Hyundai um, fuel cell car, too, is coming. But there were a couple of interesting areas that, that um, I asked Chris about because she had told me that, um, like my experience, when I wrote a previous story, there were people who were just dead set against hydrogen. They had, in one case, this man had a um, Toyota Prius, and he thought that I was doing the public a disservice by even writing about this car, that it's not what it says it is. Um, the fuel cell stops are called uh, True Zero, the company that provides it. He was said that that's a misnomer. And so I asked Chris about a couple of these things, and I, I was going to read a couple of them and, and get your thoughts on it. She's, Before you do yeah, that, yeah. Th these electric guys really have a lot of anger, don't they? They do. They, they can't stand fossil fuel, and they will chew you out for that. They, that's and right. And now, for some reason, they're chewing out the hydrogen people too, huh? All right. they want is electric. And All they want is electric. They and, want their and, own. They've got theirs, and 
Everybody else should do the same. Okay, they're, they're sure. Very, they're very passionate about it. And uh, also to add to that, you, you triggered a good thought. This, this one gentleman wrote that, that even though I was um, writing about my experience in the car, which is what I'm supposed to do, he said that I did a disservice because I didn't put all the charts and graphs and, and do a comparison shopping, the exact mileage versus the cost of the car or the lease of the car or what you get back from the government. So he thought I should have had this big explanation about... A full spreadsheet a on, full the, spreadsheet. on the economics of yeah, the two, and, and sure. Un, under the constraints of 600 words, you, you, you have to kind of cut to the chase and, and write what you know. And, and but uh, So to your point, he was... He was very passionate that that his way in the alternative fuel world was the is the only way, and so I, I raised that question with Chris. Chris White is this woman's name, and, and I asked her. I said uh, that there are plenty plenty of uh, one more thing. Yeah, yeah. Has anyone said that electric vehicles uh, are less expensive per mile than no. gas? Has anybody in the hydrogen world said, or the fuel cell world said no. that they're less expensive? Okay, well, no. that's kind of your answer, right? They're not. They're not. Gas is cheaper. Gas is cheaper. Um, and so that it's always been my premise, though, that people will justify their Prius or their other alternative fuel, if I can say this the right way, that to them, they're, they're not buying it. They're, they're not buying it for... Um, the economic reasons. Economic reasons. They are buying it for to help the environment. And but then there are some people who say many people say, look at I'm I'm spending four thousand or five thousand dollars more on that car, but in four point seven five six years it's gonna be recouped. Um, it's gonna be recouped. And I've never bought into that at all. I would say if you're doing it for environmental reasons and you're spending more money that's not you shouldn't feel that's good. just for the outlay of the car much yeah. not even counting the the, the per mile exactly cost. And, and and maybe i can just be corrected or educated on some level because i think if, if you believe in helping the environment and you're paying more so what you don't have to justify it you don't have to rationalize every penny that you're spending on a car and if you have the wherewithal to spend more and you feel good about it go ahead and do it it doesn't have to be right. down to dollars and cents is that sure yeah okay so the, i asked I asked Chris um, that I said that there are detractors to the hydrogen car industry. Do you find yourself justifying the kind of car you drive, or are you over that? And she said that I am personally over it. I am personally very committed to clean air and reducing our petroleum use. I really believe to get there, we need to drive battery electric vehicles and fuel cell electric vehicles and use more fuels from bio waste like natural gas. We need to ride our bikes more and ride the bus. To really tackle our pollution and greenhouse gas emissions, it will take a combination of factors. So she works in the industry, so do you think that that's an industry answer, or do you think they have any thoughts on that one way or the other? Well, that's probably true. Okay. If, you, if you're worried about the, the ozone and the global warming, then alternative fuels are the way to go. Okay, so then I said um, that there are a lot of angry people, the topic we discussed a little bit, and I said, there are some really angry people out there who just think that the hydrogen cars are the worst thing and it's doing a detriment to society. And I said, what do you think the issue is? And her, her response was, as I tell people, it's not like football. It's not like my team is better than your team and only my team can win the Super Bowl. It does take a combination of factors. 
but uh, they're people who are passionate about one kind of technology. They're passionate about wooden boats as opposed to fiberglass boats. I do admire their passion. But she said, I usually tell people is that you can think of a gas in a gas car like a beach ball and electricity in a battery car or a hydrogen in a fuel cell car are like a golf ball and a ping pong ball. One of them is slightly bigger than the other, but does it make a difference if you compare the small balls to the beach ball? So, well, the problem is, um, yeah, I'd, I'd want the alternatives once they get it, get the same size as the beach ball, then you can compare them. So she's admitting right now there's no comparison. The gas beats it all to heck. Yeah. So, so you really buy an alternative fuel car to save the world, not not for economics. Right. They don't make economic sense right now. She, I think, what and she, they're spending the government money to to try to make give these things a go. Uh-huh. That's where people get mad. You know, if okay. you want to spend your own money and create your own uh, private uh, electric charging network, that's fine. But they're taking government money. See, I, I took her answer differently, but your point's very well made. I took her answer is that that look at I'm, I'm I have the ping pong ball or I have the. Uh, golf ball, and because I'm doing that, my so-called footprint is smaller, and I'm doing a good thing. But you're taking it as that until you're comparing beach balls to beach balls or ping pong balls to ping pong balls, she's she's answering her own question in in a in a way that doesn't really make sense. Yeah, that's what I would say. Okay, but I think what she's trying to say is the uh, the hydrogen. The fueling stations mm-hmm. and, and that infrastructure is taking away money that could have gone to the electric infrastructure. Mm-hmm. And that's why some people, the electric people, get mad. Okay, okay. They're and very passionate. I guess you could also say, you know, is the uh, fuel cell using hydrogen, is that economically viable? Mm-hmm. If it costs more than electric cars, why even go down that road? Mm-hmm. Okay, fair You enough. might ask. Okay, good. I, I, I think that she's an interesting woman. She obviously works in the industry, and uh, you know people stop her all the time in her, her car. She's got the bright red uh, clarity. So um, I think this is going to be an ongoing discussion, and I bet you when we go to the LA Auto Show in November, we're going to see more and more people talking about maybe maybe there'll be other kind of alternative fuels that they'll be talking about or some other you know, wind operated, or I don't know, but there's some other stuff out there. And it's, and it's not sales, going, yes. Sales, it's not going to go away, I don't think. It's going to, oh, no, no. Especially in California, where you got that California. mandate to be uh, uh, alternative fuel cars by, what is it, 2030 or something, something like that? Something like that, that's right. So, well, great. Uh, thank you for joining us, as always, on the Weekly Driver Podcast. Make sure to visit my website, uh, www.theweeklydriver.com. We certainly um, welcome uh, your comments and uh, thoughts on our podcast. And uh, please, if you have a suggestion for a podcast, please let us know. For Bruce Aldrich, I'm James Rea, and we'll talk to you next week. Right. Uh, yeah, one other thing, though. It's, it's hot out there for your dogs and your pets and uh, your kids. Don't leave them in the car. That's another topic we might talk about. Very, very good idea. That's a good way to close, Bruce. Thanks for that reminder. See you all next week. Bye. The Weekly Driver Podcast receives support from americantrucks.com, your late model Silverado, Sierra, Ram, and F-150 online aftermarket retailer, bringing you all of the hottest parts from accessories to lift kits, from wheels to tires and winches. americantrucks.com has the knowledge and know-how to make your wildest dreams come to reality.